0: Good morning and welcome to this uh, Berean post devotional podcast and blog. And I hope you guys are having a great long weekend as it's a long weekend here for me today. For those of you that have been following along, you know, we have been strolling through the book of first Corinthians. And today we are going to continue in first Corinthians chapter one, verses 17 to 25. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in with the text. For Paul, I mean, sorry, Paul writes, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understand of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made the foolish foolish the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believed. For Jews requested a sign, and the Greeks they seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So you know that in our last episode, we Paul stated that he wasn't in Corinth to, <clears throat> to start a baptismal bonanza with his fellow kingdom workers. No, he... A bigger fish to fry or should we say he had a gospel to preach in first corinthians 1 17 to 25 he drops some heavenly humor on the corinthians paul's like listen up corinthians i wasn't sent there for a baptism bonanza my mission was to spread the gospel with no fancy talk he's like i don't want the power of the cross to fizzle out you know Paul warns them about their obsession with worldly wisdom and boasting saying, "Hold your horses there smarty pants. the gospel's not about de- 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 the gospel is all about rather defying worldly wisdom. It's, it's a paradox part. Paul wants them to ditch the baptism battles, drop the boasting and embrace God's mind-blowing wisdom. He's like Corinthians, forget the intellectual showdowns. God's got some next-level wisdom only the Holy Spirit can unlock. The gospel isn't about competition or fancy talk. It's about the power of Christ and the wisdom that surpasses all our worldly wisdom. Paul refers to um, wisdom frequently in 1 Corinthians because he addresses a Corinthian community that highly valued wisdom and intellectual pursuits. In the city of Corinth, for instance, it was known for its philosophical and intellectual culture, and several notable schools of philosophical uh, schools or philosophical movements rather were prevalent in the city. the The Cynics believed in living a simple and self sufficient life, rejecting society, societal conventions and material possessions. They emphasized personal virtue, and inner freedom. Stoics, on the other hand, was a school who taught that virtue and inner peace could be achieved by aligning oneself with the universe's natural order. They believed in self-control, resilience in the face of adversity, and the importance of reason. Epicureans, on the other hand, were also prominent in Corinth. They advocated for a life of pleasure, happiness, but not not in a hedonistic sense, rather they emphasized the pursuit of simple pleasures, freedom from fear, and avoidance of pain. Additionally, there were various philosophical movements like uh, 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 the Sophists, which focused on rhetoric and persuasive speaking, and, and Platonism, which drew from the teachings of the philosopher Plato and emphasized the pursuit of knowledge and the existence of abstract ideas, So, in a nutshell, these schools of thoughts were like flashy mental roller coasters. but Paul was there to remind the Corinthians that true wisdom is not found in the twists and turns of intellectual pursuits, but embracing the wisdom that comes from God. Paul's like, hey, Corinthians, listen up. True wisdom doesn't come from the brainiacs of the world, but from Christ. God's wisdom is like winning the lottery ticket. Human wisdom, on the other hand, is like finding a dollar bill on the sidewalk. Yeah, it's nice, but it's not exactly life-changing. In this passage, Paul swoops in to tackle the Corinthians' obsession with worldly smarts and ego chips. He's like, hold on to your wisdom hats, Corinthians, you're chasing after worldly brain candy and it's like it's the last donut in the the office break room. The real deal is God's wisdom. Paul's mission here was to slap some sense into the Corinthians with a love stick. And make them realize that chasing after human wisdom is like trying to catch a greased pig it'll just it'll slip right through your fingers instead he wanted them to embrace god's wisdom like a never-ending buffet of mind-blowing revelations paul wanted to highlight the distinction between the wisdom of the world which the corinthians were familiar with and valued and the wisdom of god he argues that the wisdom of god is not the same as worldly wisdom, and that the wisdom of God may seem foolish to the world because the wisdom of God is rooted in the message of the cross, which appears foolish to those who don't believe, but it holds the power of salvation. Apparently from Paul's response in this letter, the Corinthians were prone to boasting about their wisdom, knowledge, and eloquence. Paul challenged their pride and encourages them to boast only in the Lord. He reminds them that true wisdom is not in human achievements, but in understanding and in knowing God. The real deal is God's wisdom. So he introduces the concept of spiritual wisdom, or the wisdom of God, and throughout his in and throughout his letter. He contrasts it with the world's wisdom and highlights that true spiritual wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit. This wisdom allows us, or believers rather, to understand and discern spiritual truth, truths, often hidden um, by um, the worldly wise, or to, rather, the worldly wise. Wisdom in God's plan of salvation, wisdom in God's plan of salvation, Paul emphasizes that God's wisdom is revealed in the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. So, um, he explains that God chose to save humanity through Um, the seemingly foolish act of Christ's crucifixion, which demonstrates the depths of God's wisdom and power. This divine wisdom surpasses human understanding and reveals God's redemptive purposes. The wisdom that is from above, as the Apostle James puts it, is like trading in your dictionary for a direct line to uh, to the, the celestial Google of wisdom. In this text, we can almost picture Paul waving his hands and shouting hey listen up corinthians true wisdom isn't about strutting your intellectual feathers it's about recognizing the mind-blowing genius hidden in the message of the cross it's a wisdom showstopper so paul encourages the corinthians to ditch their prideful pursuit of worldly smarts and dive headfirst into the divine pool of wisdom it's like trading your old smart form for the latest model with an unlimited data plan of celestial insights so here the deal paul sees those corinthians flaunting their worldly smarts and ego trips like it's wisdom olympics and in doing so he addresses both their pride and arrogance in the pursuit of what the world deems his wisdom but paul's not saying wisdom is uh, Paul is not saying that ignorance, for instance, is a fruit of a fruit or a gift of the Spirit. So, so don't throw your dictionaries away just yet. Using Paul's arguments here on wisdom to justify ignorance as a spiritual virtue is absurd, as thinking that eating pizza will make you a world class chef. And yet, it's amazing how many people do. Some will justify laziness to sustain willful. A willful fortified ignorance around the Bible, history, and yes, even philosophy. Paul may have been a man of faith, but he wasn't anti-intellectual. In his writings, and in the book of the, the, in his writings and the book of Acts, it proves that Paul had an appreciation for intellectual pursuits. First, in the book of Acts, we see Acts 17:22. Rather, we see Paul engaging with the philosophers and Athens. He strolls into the Areopagus and starts dropping knowledge bombs left and right. He quotes the own poets, engaging in thoughtful dialogue with the city's intellectuals. Paul wasn't shy about engaging with the intellectual climate of his time. Regarding his writings, oh boy, we've got some intellectual gems in first Colossians two eight. Paul warns against being taken captive by empty philosophy and deceit. But hold on, he's not saying all philosophy is bad. No. No, Paul's simply cautioning against those philosophies that contradict the teachings of Christ. He acknowledges the importance of discernment and critical thinking. And let's remember the intellectual feast in Paul's letter to the Romans. He dives deep into theological concepts, unraveling the mysteries of uh, God's plan of salvation. Paul's logical reasoning and theological arguments in Romans showcase his intellectual prowess. In this letter to the Corinthians, Paul addresses the Corinthians' obsession with worldly wisdom, but it's not a blanket rejection of all knowledge. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, in chapter 1, verse 30, he acknowledges that Jesus Christ has become our wisdom. Paul recognizes that true wisdom is found in Christ, not in the empty philosophies of the world. And even Peter jumps in on the action, urging peoples to grow in knowledge like a well-tendered garden. So let's put this idea of embracing ignorance to rest, shall we? The Bible's like a treasure chest of wisdom waiting to be opened, so let's grab a map and start digging. We can learn from this text that it's all about seeking wisdom and knowledge found in Christ, not playing a hide-and-seek with the truth. Proverbs 1.7 practically sh- shouts out, Hey folks, wisdom is where it's at. So don't despise it like a soggy sandwich. And let's not despise Let's not forget God's exasperated sigh in Hosea 4, 6, saying, where my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I've rejected you from being a priest to me. And since you've forgotten your God's law, I will also forget your children. Seriously, friends, ignorance is not bliss. It's a recipe for disaster. I'm going to wrap this up now. I'm simply going to say, don't let anybody tell you that Paul was anti-intellectual. He engaged with philosophers, employed logical reasoning, and value discernment. But he knew that faith and intellect could go hand-in-hand, like peanut butter and jelly, or in Paul's case, like Paul and his trusty pen. It's important to be clear, the Bible does not promote pursuing stupidity, ignorance, intelligence, or intellect. The scripture encourages those who read them to pursue one thing, Christ and his kingdom. The straight up warning here is against pride. Paul addresses prideful thinking and shows how worldly wisdom will never make sense of the cross. We would all do well to take heed to his words. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Breein Post podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion and it's brought you some encouragement and insight. Hey, if you want to stay up to date with all of our latest blogs, posts, and podcast episodes, be sure to visit Brianpost.ca and subscribe. Don't forget to share our website with your friends who might need some inspiration or motivation. You can also join our community of bright future Bible freaks on Facebook. Until next time, may peace and blessings abound in your home.